Welcome to the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We are so honored to connect with you and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. So this morning, as I come to you, I really felt uh, the word that, uh, that the Lord had given me in my spirit for this house, particularly at this time, is kingdom identity. And um, I know that uh, Pastor Casey, over the last couple of weeks, has been speaking to you all about favor. How many of you have been enjoying that word on favor? Oh, I still watch him, man. I'm watching that brother. I see the Facebook feed. I watch him. I'm like, Lord Jesus, give me a word through Pastor Casey. I'm, I just, uh, I'll take it over here. I'll take it over there, man. Uh, uh, and so I know he had uh, the opportunity to speak on a uh, live stream with Bishop Matthews as well, and he spoke about favor. And so as, as I was uh, preparing and praying about, Lord, what is it that you would have me to speak, I really kept hearing uh, kingdom, and I kept hearing identity. Um, I believe that in the church today, we have so overrated community clubs that we've forgotten and don't understand truly what the kingdom of God is all about. I got a couple people up in here. I believe that we live lives that are constantly berated by insecurity, that are constantly berated by feelings of illegitimacy, and constantly berated by feelings that, that we don't add up or that we don't amount, or that, that we truly don't understand what our purpose is or our, our identity and who we are. And I would submit to you this morning that the reason why we often feel that way is because we truly don't understand the kingdom that we live in and the government and the reign that we're under. And so this morning, I don't have time to go, man, and just blow this thing slam out with an hour's worth of teaching. So I'm going to give you a couple nutshell uh, nuggets that you can take with you as you leave this morning. And um, my prayer is that it does something inside of your heart and helps you become the man and woman of God that God created you to be. Amen. All right, so the first scripture that I'm going to throw at you is going to be out of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 uh, this morning, I don't know if they're going to throw it up there or not. If not, I'm in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. I'm going to be over in uh, verses number 14 through 18. I'm going to be in the New Living Translation this morning. Uh, Pastor Casey, I know he's a King James guy. He loves it, and he eats on it, and he feasts on it, and all that. And man, I'm all about the King James. Uh, but this morning, for, um, for all of our sakes, I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. So... Um, there, I want, here's what I'm going to do with you this morning. First, I'm going to take you over and I'm going to talk to you about the corporate identity that you have. So there is an identity that is locked up in there. There is a piece of your identity this morning that is locked up in the house that God has placed you in. Your identity oftentimes is part, there's a part of you that is determined uh, by where you are connected or the covering that you're under. In other words, my last name is McBride, my father is Carl McBride, and there are a lot of things about my identity that he influenced in my life. The house that I grew up in oftentimes determines the way that I think in my mind when it comes to living life. And so this morning, if you are connected 
connected to Hope Unlimited, then what you're doing is you are walking out a lifestyle that is modeled, number one, towards the kingdom, but there is a Hope Unlimited slant to your life this morning if you're connected to this house. Am I making sense for you? All right, see, because your big toe might not be as pretty as my big toe. Oh, see, I lost y'all now. Y'all don't want to talk about them crusty toes. I heard Pastor Casey talking about uh, not wearing your shoes on the plane and ugly toes and all that stuff like that. But see, the fact is, is that the scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians, let's look at it real quick and then let me, let me go here. So the scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 14, it says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. And if the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says that I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? And if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts and God has put, everybody say put, each part just where he wants it. And so then Paul goes on down in, in the uh, scripture here and continues to explain this. But I just want to stop there for a moment. Here's the thing. You might never get up here and speak on a microphone that that doesn't make you any less part of the body of Hope Unlimited this morning. You might not be one of the teachers in the classrooms, but that doesn't make you any less part of Hope Unlimited this morning. You might not be able to play an instrument. You might not be able to sing a tune, but the fact is, is that you are still a part of the body of Hope Unlimited and ultimately a, the part of the body of Christ this morning. See, when you start to belittle yourself because you begin to gauge whether or not you feel like you add up compared to everyone else in the house, then I'm telling you, you doing yourself an injustice and you're doing an injustice to the father that created you because just because you can't do things that other people don't do that doesn't mean that you aren't who God created you to be and just because I can't sing like Brandon that doesn't mean that I'm not a part of the body of Christ this morning I have to understand my part I have to understand my place and so when I understand my part and my place in the corporate body I begin to identify with the kingdom of God. I submit to you this morning that many people feel disgruntled in their walk with God because they refuse to walk in connectedness to the body of Christ. And so this morning, Paul put a high priority on what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. And so more specifically this morning, you are a part of the corporate body called Hope Unlimited Church. And Hope Unlimited Church has a purpose. It has a destiny. It has something very significant that God has called it to do in this region and in this nation and in this world. And so this morning, you might have fought with the kids trying to get them out of the house. The coffee might not have tasted as good this morning as you thought it should. Or maybe you had a good quiet drive in here this morning and then you got in here and this guy's up here screaming and spitting in your face. But the fact is, is that God, no matter what's going on, has a purpose and a destiny for you in this house. Amen? Amen. Yeah. 
And so this morning, as my brother came up and he started sharing and he said that you, if you're a visitor, we just want you to know this is your gift and, and this is your gift, the gift that we've given to you to just be here this morning. And we pray that you're blessed and, and all of these things. And what I would say to you is that if you're here this morning and God's connecting your heart in some form or fashion, then what I would tell you is to come back. And if he connects again, come back and come back and come back because you will, you will have a connection. And that connection will lead you into a place and it will get you into community. See, there, I don't have, man, I preach another series, but I ain't preaching that this morning. Let me just drop it on you real quick. See, when you come to a church, you get connected. If you stay there long enough, you become a part of the community. And if you become a part of the community, the next thing you, know, you do is you find out in your heart that you're committed to what they're trying to do. And if you get committed to what the house is trying to do, the next thing you'll do is cut covenant with it. And I'm going to tell you, most people don't want to cut covenant with anything these days. I was on the way here this weekend, Krista and I, and we found out that 5% uh, uh, that of people in the UK divorced over Fortnite. <laughs> what? 5% of people in the UK divorced over Fortnite. See, see, marriage is a covenant. And so what, what we do is we, we, we have dumbed down what covenant means. But see, when you get to that place, when you get to that place where you've been connected and then, and then as you're connected, you start finding community. And as you find community, then you find commitment. And then you get to that place of commitment. And you say, I'll die for this thing. Right. You want to know what they need here in this house this morning? They need some people that say, I'll die for this thing. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You guys, some of you, you feel like you're dying already. You done been setting up in a, in a school and now, you, now you're setting up here. I'll tell you what, you, you think you're in the glory land now because you you're setting up in the movie theater. Boy, that's setting up in the school won't no fun. I can guarantee it. I did that for a while. And uh, I'm telling you, man, it's like you got casualties all over the place. Folk are just dying and getting hurt. It's almost like playing a football game or basketball game. Folks, knees give out and shoulders and arms and everything else. You say, well, I thought you were just going to church. Well, we are, but man, we're setting that thing up and breaking it down, and it's about to kill us. And uh, so the Lord uh, saw fit because of your, your faithfulness to bring you to this place. Now, let me move on here. So he says here in the scripture in verse number, I believe it's number 18, he says that he puts you in the body. That word put uh, in the Greek, it's a word that's ethikia. And that word ethikia, it means to, to set you into a place. And that's basically what I've been telling you over the last couple of minutes is that God has appointed or arranged a place for you. So this morning, if you're in this house, then God quite possibly could have set you here for a purpose. Yeah. He, he might have arranged your life. Chris and I were sitting over here. She looks over at me with tears in her eyes. She said, following Jesus is amazing, ain't it? I said, yeah, because I'm sitting here, I'm, 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 I'm taking all of this in and I can't, and I look at my life and I can't believe where God has taken me. He's taken me all over the place, man. And I could have never imagined in my wildest dreams that I'd be preaching in a, in a movie theater in Knoxville, Tennessee. I, you would have told me that. I said, it ain't no way, man. Maybe watching a movie, you just kind of got your channels mixed. You went from prophesying to prophesying, you know? I would have never imagined that. But, but the fact is, is that following God is amazing and you never know where he's gonna take you. And sometimes you go up and sometimes you go down. But the fact is, is that he never leaves you. 
He never leaves us. He's always with us. And so this morning, I'm telling you, God's with you and quite possibly things have happened in your life. They might be good and they might be bad. There might have been transitions that you have had to take from one place to the next. And now you find yourself here this morning and you're looking back across your life and you would think just in a snapshot moment, wow, how in the world did I get here? Could it be that Paul knew something that we're trying to comprehend today? And it is the fact that God will arrange you and put you in a place just because he understands the significance of who you are. It's not about, listen, it is about, but it's not about, it, it is about Pastor Casey and Pastor Lindsay. It is about them, but watch this. It's about you too. Not only are they significant, you're significant this morning. And so I come by to tell you this morning, you have a corporate identity. There is a corporate, this house will not be this house unless you're a part of it. I would say I'm preaching things that Pastor Casey wouldn't preach, but he'll preach this stuff. So I, that's what I love about him. He'll preach whatever the Lord lays on his heart. But here this morning, I want you to understand that, that, that you are a part of this house, and this house will not be what God ordained it to be without you. So don't take it lightly this morning, amen? Now, let me swing the pendulum on to the other side. Uh, I don't, I'm not gonna go into scripture on this one. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna give it to you. Why were you created? Real quick, so we went from corporate identity. Now, let's go back to creation. So I'm taking you from Corinthians to, Gen- to Genesis real quick. Why were you created? The word tells us that we were created. It says that God created man. He says, let us make man in our own image. Now, I'm gonna flip into a little bit more kingdom just for a couple minutes, and I'm gonna come back around, okay? So God said, let us create man in our own image. And, and then he says that he would rule or that he would have dominion, the word says, that he would have dominion over the earth. And so today you're not here as some weak, creative piece in God's mighty universe. I'm telling you that you were created to rule and reign in life. You are created to house the very authority of God. This morning, if you're a believer, if you claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I'm here to tell you something this morning, that you house the very authority, the very nature, the very rulership, the very ordained dominion of God. Heaven reigns and is living and residing inside of your very being. I'm telling you this morning, God says by his word that you have the authority to speak and things happen. The word declares in Ephesians chapter 3 that your very nature and the wisdom of God that is inside of you, then when it comes out of your mouth, it sends the spiritual realm into chaos. When I speak this morning, there's war going on in the heavenly realm. I'm changing mindsets this morning. There are thought processes that are being broken this morning. There are spiritual influences that have been over your life this morning that I declare are being broken today. Not because I came up here and grabbed the microphone, but because the power of the living God is inside of my bones. The very authority of heaven didn't just, I didn't come, but the very authority of heaven came with me today. And so this morning, all I simply am is a messenger. I used to have this brother that used to say, man of God. Every time I'd get up to speak, he'd say, man of God. And I'd say, is it man of God or is it man of God? He said, where I come from, we call it man of God. I said, okay, why do you call it man of God? He said, because you're the very mandible of God. The mandible, the lower jaw, the strong portion. 
you have the message of God in your jaws. And if you don't speak it, it's not God's fault. And so I've learned that, that I have the very mandible of God. I have the jaw of God in my bones. And when I speak, there's an authority that comes with it as long as I'm in line with the kingdom of God. So this morning, I'm telling you that God didn't create you to be some weak pawn that he would move all over his chessboard. What I'm telling you is that God created you to rule and reign and have dominion and authority in life. You came here this morning and you thought you were seeking religion. You're not seeking religion at all. You're seeking purpose and power is what you're seeking. You're seeking the very nature and power that created you is what you're looking for. And so this morning, what I'm telling you is that religion will only get you so far. Religion is just a, a game that we often play in order to try to manipulate God to get him where we think he ought to be in our life so that he will do what we think he ought to do. Now I'm stepping into some meddling and I might, they might not ask me back, but what I'm telling you, I'm telling you this morning that God desires for you to be everything that he created you to be. Okay. And so we have, see, see, watch this, a church, we look at churches as simply places where we come and worship. Watch this, a church in the kingdom of God, a church in the kingdom is actually an embassy. You are, you are a part this morning of the embassy of Hope Unlimited. And what, what Hope Unlimited is to do is to bring people into the very nature of the kingdom in which they were created for. So this morning, your influence, your language, um, the, the worship, uh, all of the ways that, that you interact with one another, the way that we distribute the word, the way that all this stuff comes out is actually supposed to be a kingdom imprint in this area. So this is a kingdom imprint in this area. You see why I'm saying to you that don't think that you're just minute and minuscule. You're not. You have such an important part to play in the kingdom of God. And so this morning as you're connected here in this house, what I'm telling you is, is that you, you are an embassy for those that are looking for this lost kingdom that they came from. If you're in another country and you lose all your money and you lose all your belongings and you lose your passport, where do they tell you to go to? U.S. Embassy. You find the U.S. Embassy, if you're in trouble, people are chasing you, then where do they tell you to go? U.S. Embassy. Why? Because they will protect you. Why? Because they will give you the resources that you need. They will sustain you until they can get you back to where you come from. This morning, what I'm telling you is, is that this is an embassy, a beacon that stands in the city of Knoxville and says, come, all you who are weary and heavy laden, all of you that are burdened, it says, come, 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 because the thing that is coming out of this is a resource that will sustain your life until Christ comes back or you go home, one or the other. Amen. Amen. So, so this morning, uh, the, the other portion of scripture, I got about 15 minutes. I'm going to jump into this thing. And if you would turn with me to Genesis chapter 32, Genesis chapter 32. So you have corporate identity. Okay. You're a part of this thing. You're, you're in the DNA of it. You're in the makeup of it. And then you have uh, also along with that, you have what is called kingdom identity. And so you're, you're a citizen of the kingdom of God. And, and there, there is specific purpose for you here on this earth. There's a specific reason why you're here. And, and, and now I want to talk to you in all of that. Now, all of this is just a string. Okay. It's not like I'm going over here and this is something over here. That's something. This is a string in your life. This is just one string in your life that I'm giving you this morning. 
And so I want to talk to you a minute about Jacob. How many of you have ever been, if you've been in ch- uh, church long enough, you've heard about Jacob, right? The old lion, snake in the grass, Jacob. Oh, never mind, Lord Jesus. I'm sorry, we don't talk like that in church no more. Hallelujah. This morning, I want to talk to you a little bit, just a moment about Jacob. <clears throat> now, Jacob, uh, we know him and his brother, Jacob and Esau. Jacob, Esau came out uh, first. He was the oldest one. Jacob came out clutching his heel, <clears throat> and he was named Jacob, which means deceiver or liar. And there was a prophecy that was given over the two that, that Jacob would, would uh, actually take the birthright of his brother and all of these different things. And we know that, that walked out, uh, all that walked out and... Um, and Jacob actually took the birthright of his brother Esau. And uh, how many of you real, ever realized that when he took the birthright of his brother Esau, it really didn't do him any good? Yeah. Do you notice that? When he took the birthright of his brother Esau, it didn't really do him any good. He ended up running and, and hiding and then having to work for his uncle for seven years and then seven more. And man, then he ended up taking half the livestock and then having to run from him. And then he's running around and just going crazy. And I mean, <clears throat> and I'm going, wow, some birthright. I mean, <laughs> Man, if that was a birthright, bro, you probably shouldn't have taped all that goat's hair on your neck, you know? So, so we see that, that Jacob was in a struggle in his life to, to, to understand who he was. He was trying to understand what does this mean? Who am I? And so here in, uh, in, in Genesis chapter 32, I'm going to read, I'm going to start in verse uh, 22 very quickly, um, to get you to where we are, Jacob is at a place where he's getting ready to meet his brother Esau. He's getting ready to make him, he's going to try to make amends with his brother Esau. And what Jacob did was he sent his, he sent some shepherds and some servants ahead. And he said, when you meet my brother Esau and, uh, he's coming, when, when you meet him, what I want you to do is I want you to bow low to him. I want you to give him all the animals. I want you to give yourselves over to him as a servant. And then, uh, he sent, so then he sends another, I mean, he's just, this guy is starting to get worried about meeting his brother. And then it's, says that in the night here, let's look here in verse 22. It says, during the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servants' wives, and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River. Everybody say Jabbok. I said it Southern, Jabbok, y'all. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) With them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all of his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. And when the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. And then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. And he replied, Jacob. And then he says this, your name will no longer be Jacob. The man told him from now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. And so then Jacob goes on and asks him his name, and then it, it basically uh, tells him, uh, it, you know, he, 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 knows that he's the, he knows he's the Lord, okay? But I want to just take this snapshot for a real quick um, moment, and I, I just want to deliver this to you, okay? So in this process of our life, see, I, I've been serving the Lord. I've been doing ministry for 20 years, doing ministry for 20 years. I'm 41 years old today. <clears throat> There's this one thing that I know that I haven't fully come to the, the full, I have not come to the full understanding of who I am. I, I, have a, I have a basic, I have an understanding of who I am, but there is so much more inside of me than what I can grab a hold of with my own mental capacity. So my pursuit is to discover exactly who I am in Christ. I want to discover who did God really create me to be. And I find myself like Jacob at times wrestling with the Lord about it. 
Who am I? Who am I? Who are you? Who am I? Who are you? So we see Jacob here at this process, this place in his life, and it says that he sent, he woke up in the night and he sent his wife and his kids on and he sent his servants on over what is called the Jabok Forge. The word Jabok, the reason why I had you say Jabok, the word Jabok, let me give you a, a geographical understanding. Jabok Forge or the Jabok River is where it's basically two streams come together. It creates a fork. And I, I used to preach a sermon called the fork in the road. And it comes to this place where there's a fork and these two streams come together and they create what is called the Jabok River. And so exactly where they were in that region was called the Jabok Forge. The Jabok means the place of pouring out. Just let that sink in for a moment. Jacob is in a struggle in his life. He's at a place where he doesn't know if he's going to live tomorrow after his brother sees him. He's at a place where he sends everything. Basically, he gets everything that he owns, everything that he calls his, he gets it away from him. And then he gets to this place called the Jabok Forge where he has poured out everything he could possibly pour out and he still is dissatisfied with who he is. The way we know that he's dissatisfied with who he is is because he wrestled a man that he didn't even know and, the, and he would not let him. He wrestled with God and would not let God go. He had a fight inside of him to discover who he was. This morning, what I'm telling you is this, is you could possibly be at a place in your life. You could be at a place of pouring out. You could be at a place where you're having to let go of everything that you hold dear. You're having to let go of all these things that you have held in your life that has become your identity, that has said, this is who I am, and you've had to let it go. I went through, I've gone through that process. I'm telling you, I've gone through that process where I had all these things and I masked all these things and I built up all these things and I got to my, this place in my life where I understood that that was not who I am and I had to let go of every bit of it. And whatever I didn't want to let go of, I wrestled with God about and he won anyway. And so this morning, what I'm telling you is that you could be at a place of pouring out in your life and it's not because God despises you. It's not because God's mad at you. It's not because God wants to whip you one time just so you can know that he could whip you. It's simply because God is saying to you that I want you to know who you are. I want you to understand who you were created to be. And so watch this. When Jacob got to that place in his life, he woke up the next morning. I bet he was getting his limp on like this, you know. He had his limp on, but the fact is, is, is that he went and he met his brother face to face in daylight. And, and, and he went ahead. If you go on and read that scripture, it says that Jacob went ahead of his wives. He went ahead of his children. He went ahead of his servants. He went ahead of everybody. And it says that he met his brother. He went ahead of them and he met his brother. Instead of sending everybody in front of him, he went ahead and got in front of them and he said, this is who I am. I am your brother. I am your servant. And in his heart, he's saying, you might not accept me. You might kill me. You might not want to see my face. But the fact is, is this is who I am. I know who I am now. I don't have to hide from you. See, because when, watch this, I spent much of my life as a young minister walking around wearing somebody else's clothes. I was wearing somebody else's clothes. I done taped somebody else's hair all over my body because I wanted the blind folk that are in the church to think that I'm somebody that I'm really not. But what I'm telling you this morning is that I'm here standing before you and I've taken off the clothes of the people that I thought I wanted to be and I've taken off all the fakeness and the, and the, and the flaunt 
and all this stuff. And I'm standing before you today because I know who I am in God and nobody can take that from me. And this morning you might accept me or you might reject me, but it doesn't determine who I am. So what I'm telling you, there are people in your life today and you might be trying to be somebody because you're afraid that they will reject you if you're really who you are. What I'm going to tell you is let them reject you anyway and become your haters and keep on going. Because they can't stop you. Because God has ordained you for a time and for a season. And you carry the very authority of God in your bones this morning. And so this morning, the, you know, we're coming down here a couple minutes this morning. I just want, I just want you to understand. Pastor Casey, he preached last week. There's a very strong word, man, that he, he preached last week. <clears throat> but he, he talked about protocol. Y'all remember he, he talked about protocol last week? And he talked about the way we dress and the way we talk and the way we act and all of these things. And there's one thing about Pastor Casey. He might live in Tennessee, but boy, if you're around him long enough, y'all know he likes Alabama. Lord have mercy. I don't even like the blasphemous words that they come out of their mouth with. No, I'm just kidding. I'm a Louisiana boy, so I'm LSU go tiger guy, all right? We almost got our rear ends whipped last night by Louisiana Tech, so I don't want to talk about it, but we did come out with a win. <clears throat> but this morning, he, or yes, last Sunday, he talked about protocol. And what, I'm, what, I'm, what I want to encourage you with this morning is don't become like the people you're around if they're not a part of the culture of the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? See, because a culture starts, he talked about the week before about attitudes, right? A culture starts when you start thinking things in your mind. I'm not like everybody else, and that's okay. But I have a common thread with you if you're a believer. I have a common thread with you, and my common thread with you is that I am a part of the kingdom. I am a son of God. Amen. And so there's a common thread, but that doesn't mean that I have to be exactly like you. But watch this in my talk, in my walk, in my actions, all the things that I do, I need to carry myself as a son of God. I need to carry myself as a son of God. There is a protocol. What we do is we act like hell and then pray when we're in trouble because we want the kingdom to come. Oh, Lord Jesus. He said, now the pastor's really meddling. We, we walk around and we do all these things that are not the protocol of the kingdom of God. And then the moment we fall into a ditch, then what we do is we try to stand up, starch up and look good and try to walk like a godly person. And the moment we get out of that, we fall right back into the ditch. Jesus said something about that. He talks about the blind leading the blind. And he says, one will lead the other right into the ditch. So what I'm telling you this morning is don't let blind folk lead you and you live a life of hell. Come on. You live a life after the kingdom of God. You make godly decisions. You do the things that you know honor God and honor the kingdom. And you have kingdom influ influence on your life and don't allow the kingdom of this world to influence you. One of, one of the struggles, and as the worship team comes, one of, watch this, one of the struggles that we have in Christianity today is we're trying to figure out what is the best way to reach a lost and dying world. And oftentimes our pendulum swings way to one side and way to the other side. 
the, the, listen, the, the, the movie theater this morning, it's beautiful. It's amazing. I love it, man. I'll sit back in the seat over there. Yeah, boy. You know, I love it. But that doesn't make you who you are this morning. See, what God's really asking you is, will you have church in the wilderness? Will you have church in the wilderness this morning? Would you have come if they said, you know what, we're going uh, to go down here to a field where the cows are and it was the only place we could find today and there might be, you might step in some manure or this, that, or the other, but the fact is, is man, we're going to have church this morning. Would you have still come? Because it's not so much about where we are. It's about who we are. And as we understand who we are, it doesn't matter where we are. Because it don't matter where I'm at this morning. I'm at home in the kingdom. I'm seated in heavenly places this morning. You're seated in heavenly places this morning. Amen. So this morning, if you're in a struggle in your, if you're in a struggle in your life or a struggle for your life, then maybe God, maybe God is trying to get you to understand something about yourself that you didn't understand before you came in these doors. Jesus was announced the son of God through when the baptism, when he was baptized, the heavens opened, a dove descended, a great voice from heaven spoke and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then it says that he got up from there and was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And we know the 40 days that Jesus faced in that wilderness time, it was a struggle time. But when he walked out, the word declares that he was full of the power of the Holy Spirit. He knew who he was. This morning, you might be in a struggle, but what I'm telling you is if you'll just hold on, if you'll just wrestle with God for a minute, you might end up with a limp, but you're gonna end up with an identity. Don't let go today. The kingdom is counting on you and I. The kingdom is counting on you and I. I got one minute. I'm going to share this with you. We were talking at work. I was at work the other day. I was talking and, and, I, and, and we've announced some different changes and then people don't want to go along with it. And then you get to a point where you're like, okay, do we let them go? Do we, what do we do? And we try to talk to them, blah, blah, blah. And I looked at what would be my boss and I said this, I said, when I'm in situations like this, I always remember God because God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us, for all of us. That's right, I gave a, a salvation message right there at, church, at, at work. I do it all the time. He, gave, he died, he rose again, he made a way for us to be sons and daughters of God again, to redeem all of this and I said, he's still waiting for us to get the message. He's waited thousands of years because he wants mankind to get the message. And so what I was saying was, is that we need to understand the time and the grace and the mercy it takes for people to accept and understand who they are and what they're a part of. So this morning, my prayer is that God would give you an understanding of who you are and what you're a part of, amen.
Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.